kids, everyone gather round. Uh, if you're a nerd like me, you'll probably uh, enjoy this episode as much as I did. And along with being super excited to have this lady on, I also realized my thorough need to perhaps not prep better because I knew who she was and what she was about or what she is interested in talking about, but I had 10,000 questions just swirling around in my head and I could not articulate any of them. I couldn't pull anything in the moment. It's like when you have a plan in your head and you go into the grocery store and you walk in and as soon as you go through those doors, you have nothing. That was me. I had like a series, like a, a somewhat of a flow of questions to ask on two completely separate topics. And as soon as she got on, I was like, uh, 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 you're a genius. And I don't know what to even start asking. It was borderline embarrassing. And I apologize for my blathering on because I, I had nothing written down. I just knew what I wanted to ask. But again, when you're in the moment, it, uh, <laughs> it was lost on me. This week's guest was Adina Minona, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She is, by degree, a physicist and astronomer. Um, she works for an aerospace engineering and satellite manufacturing company. She does software stuff, systems engineer. She manages a bunch of people now moving on up, like the Jeffersons, um, telling people what to do delegating i like it um so that was one part of our conversation was just my geeky love of space um any anything to do with anything off world is fascinating to me and i didn't really even know where to start uh, obviously we didn't get any, anything too technical because i'm a dummy and she's a very smart person because she graduated college with a double major of physics and astronomy um but uh, the other part of our conversation was also, and granted, we did go on a bunch of tangents because it's me and I can't stay focused. But she did write a book. Uh, I believe she said it was going to be the first in a series of four. And then she has more and other topics to, to go on after the four. But the first one's out. Second one is being edited and all that right now. So she was thinking maybe May of 2022 or a little bit earlier for uh, episode two, if you want to call it that. And then she was working on writing episode three, um, book three. I'm not, I'm not a super reader, so I don't know what they call them. But um, you can find her book on Amazon. It's called Crazy Foolish Robots. And I will put a little link to her stuff if you thought she was interesting. She's done a bunch of other podcasts. She has a website all that kind of stuff. And I will also put a link up for uh, Amazon to find her book. It's, as she says, in the episode, available um, paperback or uh, if you have a Kindle for a e-reader of some sort, it works for that. She's also a mom. Uh, she told me she has about 400,000 other hobbies and just likes to talk to people. So she was a very, very good get for the show. Uh, so I sincerely thank her for coming on. Um, and again, check the show notes and I will have all the links of how to get a hold of her, how to find out what she's doing um, in, in the show notes of the show as I ramble on here. Um, so, yeah, that is my guest this week. As always, um, please start to not continue to uh, send me something. Instagram, Facebook, 
search the show name on Facebook, on the Googles. Um, you just search the show name, literally, it'll pull up all my stuff. Otherwise, Instagram is at now what shall WTA. Um, and I also have the Patreon page, still nothing on there because it's not that I'm lazy, it's just work has been crazy lately. Um, but uh, it's patreon.com slash NWSWTA. Uh, if you got Apple phone, Apple, iPad, any sort of... I'm just drawing a complete blank here. Device. Jesus, it's too early in the morning. My coffee's out in the truck and I haven't even had a sip yet. Any sort of Apple device, a Macintosh device, um, and you listen to podcasts on there, you by default usually use Apple Podcasts. And if you do, and you listen to the show, just click the little, you don't even have to leave a review. Just click the five-star rating if you think it's worthy of five-star because the more ratings, regardless of what they are, when people are searching for like comedy or the kind of stuff, conversation, the kind of stuff that I have in the show, it helps filter my show up higher so more people can listen. Hopefully I can get some good guests again. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So do that, do that, do that. You're already listening to it. You already go into your phone and find it. It's literally right next to where you would uh, find the show on your phone or your iPad or your MacBook. Or your MacBook Air or your iPad Mini or whatever you have. But please, yeah, send me something. Say hi. Say say something. Christ's sakes, guys. Come on. I know you're out there. I see the download numbers. They're increasing. Yay! But I still I need I need some interaction here. So yeah. For this episode anyway, kick back, relax, and enjoy my uh, stumbling conversation with Miss Adina Menona. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Well, so how are you? End of a long day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm a real estate agent, so it's always busy for me. Gotcha. I'm going to knock this right over. Um, Where you said your East Coast or Eastern time zone. Yes, I'm in Maryland. A little north of D.C., a little west of Baltimore. Okay. Actually, I have a a buddy of mine. I think he's Army, still Army, or maybe retired Mm now, um, but is in the D.C. area because he said, oh, I like to listen in the traffic because it's glorious in D.C. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) he he was happy about that. But I've never been, maybe someday, but uh, Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to talk to you because you're by far, and not saying anything bad about any of the other (laughs) guests, but by far the smartest person I've <laughs> talked to on here and maybe my life. Um, I like that people think that it might not be actually <clears throat> true. <laughs> well, but I'll go with it. I, I took physics in high school and camp, you know, AP cam, AP physics and calculus. And maybe it's just the way they taught it. It just, most of it, I kind of understood it, but when you did three pages of showing your work, Mm-hmm. And the answer is no solution. It made me want to burn my book. <laughs> like, don't give me a problem if there is no solution. Why are mm-hmm. you giving it to me? I Maybe that's more real life scenario <laughs> stuff. I don't know. But just for the listener, just give a mm-hmm. little background about what you do. And then at the end, I'll have you give a little rundown, just a brief thing again. But then also I see you had a book 
And I put mm-hmm. the link to that and stuff on the show notes and whatever. So you can promote that all you want. I also. even have the pretty cover here. That's oh, nice. get some glare. At least to me, it's showing up backwards, but that's okay. <laughs> I see it. I see it the right way. I think it flips okay, it around. So I can read good. it. Well, since you mentioned physics, we can start there. Uh, that was <laughs> what I studied in college. I studied physics and astronomy with the intent that I would work in the space industry. That's what I've wanted to do pretty much my entire life. And that's what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years is working awesome. in aerospace, doing making satellites and software to help control satellites. But then I'm also a science fiction writer because a lot of people who are into space and science also like science fiction and Try to write. Yeah. Oh, exactly. (laughs) the book. That's, that's the perfect example of a little kid. I just went down for the first time since I was a little kid to, uh, took the kids last spring break to, uh, Cape Canaveral Mm -hmm. and, you know, the Saturn V tour and whole NASA stuff. And you see all these little kids running around with the spaceship and, you know, like all little kids like to look up at night and whatever. And there's. Mm -hmm one out of a hundred thousand that actually go into that, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I find it absolutely fascinating. I watch every documentary. Granted, now I'm not doing like the math and the work Mm -hmm. that you are putting into it. I just like to enjoy it. But I would imagine that that has to make some sort of sense. If you studied physics, Mm -hmm. they're obviously teaching it well, but it has to. That's one of those things where either you get it or you don't. I would think. Well, yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are surprised to know. I I think uh, the impression is that those of us who who did study things like physics in college were like straight A students. (laughs) And no, (laughs) I was not. um, I got through it because I I really loved it. But I was I was a terrible student in all through junior high, high school, college. My grades were like all over the map. Now, I was in honors and AP classes in high school, but I was often like the person getting the lowest grade in some of those classes. I, and again, and it was up and up and down, constantly up and down. Sure. It wasn't until like after college, I think I, or, or towards the end of college, I started to figure out how I could succeed in a like normal classroom format. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I feel like there are some misimpressions and, and I wasn't necessarily the only, you know, there were several of us who graduated that we, we were not like super straight A students. We, cause it's hard. It is. Cause it's hard. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can vote yeah. for that. It is extremely <laughs> hard. It is. Yeah. So but, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Oh, I was gonna say, yes, but uh, a few of my, my friends from college who I graduated with did go on to like get their doctorates and stuff from like Caltech. So, um, you know, I went to a very good undergraduate school and and we did have that range of people who it did come a little easier, you know, at least the classroom aspect of it came easier to sure. some people versus others. And yeah, I was just never, never, you know, people talk about not being good at like traditional classroom stuff. And that, that yep. was me. Yeah, sure. Now, is that I would imagine like everything in mathematics in general, there's mm-hmm. 4000 different little avenues you can go down. Mm hmm. So as far as physics, do you have, because there's like theoretical, there's quantum, Mm -hmm. there's whatever. Do you have, were you kind of a broad study of all that? Or did you, is there one that kind of speaks to you like the, I mean, we had granite just high school physics, but it Mm -hmm. was the, you know, 
a block of something sliding down a ramp, gravity <laughs> coefficient yep. of friction, depending on the, you know, all that kind of stuff, which at the time, I don't care how fast the block slides down the ramp. It doesn't mm-hmm. change what I'm having for lunch or, you know, it has no bearing <laughs> on my life at all, like every other math problem ever. But the more as I get older and you read and listen and watch these things where they're explaining, like you can figure out distances and speeds of things hundreds of light years away by the color of them using math. Like that's, it blows my mind. It's fascinating to me Yes, because I don't know the math behind it. I just know that mm -hmm. somebody way smarter than me can figure this (laughs) stuff out. And I, I, what am I going to do? Check their work. Like you just have to take them at, right. at face value. It's it's, right. it's extremely fascinating to me that everything is is literally math. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Well, math is the the way we can you know dis- describe these things and measure these things in a way that makes sense. But to answer your question about like which like part of physics, um, I want to just say that I was very very fortunate that. I went to the University of Maryland and a shout out for not just Maryland, but big schools in in general, Mm -hmm. because our department, uh, while, okay, so University of Maryland is huge state school. I think when I was a student there, there were like 26,000 undergraduates, which is, which is Mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. But the physics department had like a hundred undergraduate students, but it also had like 75 or so professors. And those 75 professors spanned like all different areas of physics. Like you go to a small okay. school and you have like five professors, they might all study one thing, right? And which sure. is I find very limiting. So going to a, a big school like that, I was able to like, I was get, able to get exposure to all the different types of physics, you know, like mm-hmm. particle astrophysics. And then we had a nuclear research facility and optics and all these different things. So the stuff I pun intended, <laughs> gravitated <laughs> towards was oh, actually like gravitational, both experimental gravity, uh, gravitational stuff and theoretical gravitational stuff. And our school uh, had both and was actually known for for both at the time uh, based on the, the folks we had working there. But I, again, I went in knowing that I really wanted to work in aerospace, which is a little uh, you know bit uh, different. And normally people like me would have probably majored in aerospace engineering Mm -hmm. uh, instead of physics. But the reason I I just chose to major in physics was I was very nervous that if I majored in aerospace and the space industry didn't do well, like it took a downturn or something, well then, well then what, then I'm, then I'm stuck and, Mm -hmm. you know, and okay, I could maybe work on airplanes, but I, I, Airplanes are cool, but no, I'm I'm all about the the space side of aerospace, not the aero. Sure, and <laughs> sure makes so sense. So I had seen right, I'd seen my my physics professor in high school, so he had had a, a fairly extensive career at that point. By the time he was a professor in school, and he had his degrees, you know, undergraduate and graduate in physics, and in the course of his career, he had done all these things. So I was kind of like, huh. So if I major in physics, I'm not like cutting myself off from anything. Like my options are mm-hmm. wide open. And so, yeah, so that's why I, I majored in that and, and astronomy as well. And it, it did work out. I was, I've done a couple different things in the aerospace industry. And I've always felt that, yes, the options are, are wide open. And I eventually went and got like a computer science master's years into my career. And, and yeah, and, and again, lucky that 
I liked physics because if I didn't like it, <laughs> there was no oh, no getting for sure. <laughs> See, so just that last, you're definitely the smartest person that I've talked to <laughs> on the podcast for sure, and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this, Mike. Because I don't want it to be interview, I want it to be more conversation. But I, this is fascinating because I have a ten thousand different questions in my head. But what, like on an average day, like people can say, oh, you know, I'm a aerospace engineer or you know whatever, mm-hmm. and I work for this. What do you do? That's a, that's a wonderful <laughs> you know what question. I mean. Like, I like I'm picturing like. What I do. Like you're just going to work and I'm picturing mm-hmm. just like a bunch of people standing around like with white coats on and then mm-hmm. poof, like we have a satellite. Like how, how yeah. like a, just a, a glazed over version of like a day to day, like how obviously there's hundreds, if not more people involved mm-hmm. in a project. But mm-hmm. like, I guess two part, what do you do in the nicest way possible? And two, like, <laughs> is it? Can you pick and choose? Is there something that you like doing more than like, oh, crap, I got to work on this this time because I got the mm-hmm. good job last time? You know, just a little rundown. I'm, I'm just very f- curious about. Sure. Oh, well, there, there's there's you asked like <laughs> I feel like you asked just a, a dozen questions <laughs> there. Uh, so let me see I'm what I can I'm trying to spit them all out as fast <laughs> as I can before they're just gone. So feel free to ignore my ramblings and just answer <laughs> one question. If well, well, sure. Way. And well, I'll try to to capture a few. So uh, typically when we're going to make a satellite. Yeah. So there could be 50, 100 more people on a project and everyone has their their different discipline. Like we, we have mechanical Mm -hmm. engineers, uh, they're responsible for like designing the structure of it. We have software engineers, we have what we call like guidance and navigation and control engineers. And they're the ones who figure out how to point the satellite where it needs to point, uh, you know, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. We have thermal engineers because we care about the satellite not getting too hot or cold. So there's a whole different, you know, whole range of people, a range of specialties that people get into. So now me in particular, uh, my specialty, if, I, if I've had one <laughs> sure. uh, over the years, has mostly been software. Okay. But there's, there's two, uh, we divide up the universe of satellite software into two main like things. There's the, what we call flight software, and that's a software that actually runs on the satellite. And then okay. there's the ground software. That's the software that does all the control from the ground. So if you've ever like seen a NASA control room and people sometimes mm. see these on TV, you've got mm-hmm. all these engineers sitting in front of computers, the software they're staring at and using, that's the kind of software that I've, I've uh, been responsible for for many years. Okay. So, so software is one, <clears throat> but then the other side is uh, systems engineering. And systems engineering is a very broad category of of engineering, and it literally is about figuring out how to uh, design a system. And the system could be anything. You could you, a car could be a system. Your refrigerator could sure. be a system. Mm-hmm. In this case, the satellite is the system. And so currently, I am a systems engineer, and I'm I'm what we call the lead systems engineer of the project I work oh, on, nice. which really means like. I don't do anything. <laughs> I make nice. sure everyone else is doing things. No, it's sure. uh, 
it's it's kind of it's it's weird because yes, like I I'm not producing things the way I used to do when I was a little younger or in different mm-hmm. roles, but I have to review everyone else's work. I have to make sure they're all working together and towards the same goal. Sure. Um, and it sounds kind of fluffy, but you really have to understand like again if you've got a hundred different people on your project you kind of have to have at least a little bit of knowledge of all the different things they do so i'm oh, not a mechanical sure. engineer but i have to understand a little bit about mechanical engineering i'm not a thermal engineer but i have to understand a little bit about ther- you know mm-hmm. all these things you have to understand to help put it all together and make sure it, everything comes together so <laughs> that's crazy so i don't wear a white lab coat i don't wear a lab <laughs> coat at all unless i actually go into a lab most of my job is at a computer <laughs> do you do, you, do you, is there like an office, a place, or is a lot of this stuff all remote? It is now because of the pandemic. It is uh, mm-hmm. it is remote now. So for the last year and a half, <clears throat> I've been working about four feet to the left of where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> That's your lab. It's just right it's, it's next my, door. Here. It's my office. It's my my whole work office at home. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have an office in the office, but we're still generally my team is mostly still from home. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, do you do? One question at a time. Mm-hmm. Do you, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to word this. How does this stuff come about? Like, does, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a company, HBO. Mm-hmm. We want our own yeah. streaming service. We want our own satellite. Yeah. What can you do for us? Like, yeah, how, how, how to, does it come about, yeah. I guess? Yep. Well, yeah. So we, we, Deal with customers. Uh, com- th- that would be considered like a commercial customer. We we have commercial customers who want a communication satellite. That's a pretty normal thing. So yes, the company would would want and need a satellite, and so uh, we're one of the providers of such. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, we the government also wants satellites. Um, mm-hmm. NASA wants satellites, and <laughs> so I can say that I, I work for Northrop Grumman. Uh, although um, I work for Northrop Grumman via an acquisition, the former company I worked for, uh, we were purchased by Northrop a couple years ago, and okay. the former company we were called Orbital ATK, and part of that Orbital Sciences. So back then, you know, we really just did satellites and rockets. And so now part of Northrop Grumman, and I'll be honest, I still don't completely know all the other things that Northrop Grumman does. I still just <laughs> sure. know my my little sure. corner of the universe. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a lot to worry, <laughs> like worry about and do just on your day to day versus well, yes. the entire reach of the company that <laughs> yes, that now it's a big company. <laughs> you're working for. Yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. So you can honestly, again, here you're the first person I've ever talked to who's worked on something. <laughs> That's in space. Mm-hmm. That is well, in the, space. What's what's really freaks me out a little bit is just to kind of show my age, or at least for me, it shows my age. When I was in college, I actually did. I worked on some satellite hardware. So at at the University of Maryland, we had a part. Of, one of the groups in physics was actually a space physics group, and we mm-hmm. designed and built instruments that went on NASA NASA missions. And so the first thing I ever built, not only did it launch and go out in space. But it was done. And so they had a replacement satellite, you know, the next generation. And yep. that's also done. <laughs> so like a, a whole second generation is already, has already has passed since my first touching of things that went into uh, space. That's crazy. That Not that they've been out there and back, but just that <laughs> something that you've done is literally in space or has been yep. to space and back or whatever. The- yep. Well, to space. Uh, I don't think I've 
touched anything that has come back personally. Okay. I've touched stuff that is gone and gone and done. <laughs> A lot <laughs> of stuff doesn't come back. <laughs> well, I, I would imagine. Now, is there something... Um, oh, again, I'm, I'm so many things here. I, I know what I want to say. I'm just trying to think of how to say it. Is there a, is everything 100% custom or is it like, well, this is a communication satellite. This is a base and you talk to the customer and then they can tweak and change and do. And then you can say, yeah, we can't do that. Or no, we can't like, this is mm-hmm. for communications. This one is for some secret government stuff you can't tell us mm-hmm. about. This one is for whatever. And then the client picks which one they want. And you can kind of like a Mr. Potato Head yeah. pick and choose the pieces, parts that go together. To some degree, yes, that's what we do. That We have different, we call them product lines. So uh, our, yeah. for communication satellites, we have something that's called the Geostar product line. And for a long time, it was Geostar 2. And then it got some upgrades, so Geostar 3. So yeah, so the, the kind of companies that do, that need a, a communication satellite to stream whatever communications mm-hmm. they are doing. Yes, they would they would buy that base and then their their specific uh we call it a payload uh mm-hmm. would would be attached to it. And yeah, and a couple years later, off it goes. <laughs> That's I love it. I absolutely love it. So do you still do uh because the ast- I always want to say astrology, mm-hmm. astronomy. <laughs> you're end you're of not it. the only per- well, you're not the only mm-hmm. person. I know the difference. <laughs> I just read my horoscope the other day. Um, <laughs> but uh, does that get involved in a day to day thing for you, or is it not more in the just- job? Yeah, at this point, that, that is more just interest, hobby. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so some of the satellites that we we do or I've worked on over the years that have are related to astronomy. Um, I'm just fascinated by them. I'm interested in them, but I'm not actively working on them. So it does become a little bit more of a, a hobby thing, just to to pay attention. Um, and to at some point, I, I will buy my own telescope for just mm-hmm. to have here at home. I almost did a few months ago, but I just like no, not not right now. <laughs> So, I have a lot going on. So. <laughs> well, and my oldest son is mm-hmm. like he will sit and binge every space documentary, NASA. I mean, he hears awesome. Neil deGrasse Tyson's voice and he comes running like a cat when you shake the snack bag. Like he loves it, loves it. Mm-hmm. Is there because he probably won't listen to this yet. He's going to be 13 in December here. But um do you have any recommendations <laughs> for a telescope? <laughs> because a lot of the ones that you see in stores, especially around mm-hmm. here, I'm in small town, Wisconsin. So, I mean, a Target or Walmart is about as fancy as we get. But mm-hmm. I can't touch and feel stuff from online. And mm-hmm. all of the ones that I've seen in person are, it's it's cheapy plastic, whatever, like something that would legit, he would get excitement out of. And that is a good, but mm-hmm. not. $17,000, you know, just right. some, a good brand or not to put you on the spot. So, well, well, the, <laughs> the funny thing is, is again, I'm, I'm researching and learning this just as much as any, you know, as anyone, but the, the, the couple things to, I think for people to look at is to right understand, well, how much are you willing to spend? You know, mm-hmm. are you really just only wanting to spend, if you're going to spend a hundred dollars or less, yes, it's, it's going to be some cheap thing, you know, but yeah, you don't necessarily need to spend a fortune. Um, so the one that I, and I, uh, I think it was, so there are a few 
brands that are pretty well known. And all anyone has to do is pick up like a Sky and Telescope magazine and there there's like ads oh. and you, you see all the major like sure. um, manufacturers have an ad and, and to look at them. Um, I think the one I was uh, targeting is a Celestron specifically, okay. but I can't tell you which much other than it was probably around $500. So that's kind of where my comfort level is to, okay. to get one. But the thing to do is to know like, what do you want to look at? Because a telescope that is good for some of the deep sky stuff, like seeing globular clusters and things like that, is not the same telescope that's really good for planets and, you know, the planets in our solar system and the moon. Sure. So you have to decide what you want to look at for first. And okay. I can tell you, I'm currently a little bit more interested in looking at the different moons of our planets, like the sure. moons of Saturn and the moons of Jupiter. So the particular <clears throat> Celestron <throat> that I was you know, bookmarking, um, yep. I, it was kind of ideal for that. Okay. Yeah. So, and I would imagine with the internet nowadays, mm -hmm. a good old fashioned Google search would probably, yes. You know, the, where there's, <laughs> you get, you can find a website where they rate and review door handles. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Anything and everything yeah. out there, just find one that seems legit for the moon and, or whatever you're looking for, I guess. And if you happen to have, um, so I will send you this link after this is this is done. But a friend of mine just sent this to me and I, I kind of saved it for like when I'm on vacation in a couple of weeks, I, I'm going to look into this. But it was basically if you have an old uh, cell phone, tablet or DSLR camera, mm -hmm. how you can actually basically turn it into a digital tel a telescope. Because oh. really, it's, I'm pretty sure. So I didn't, uh, and I think it's a YouTube video. All it is is a YouTube video. I think all it really is going to tell you is how to mount it well and keep the exposure open to do some, like, uh, photo basically photography of it. Yes. So then you can see what you see as opposed to actually looking through the telescope. You are getting a digital pastor, I guess. Photographing. Yeah. Yes. And mm -hmm. that has been on my list for a long time because I do one of my 19 hobbies is photography. Mm -hmm. So I've done the star trails. I've done Milky Way, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But I I can't get it quite perfect. And on my list is, uh, and I'm going to forget the name of it. It's the mount. Because if you just set the camera up and you open the shutter, you mm -hmm. get the blurred You're gonna see. stars. Yep. Yeah. But um, it, it tracks. Right. You know, it moves the camera right. so you can leave it open longer and it doesn't blur the stars. And it's right. a... There's a name for it, not an intervalometer. Uh, no, that takes picture. Whatever it's called, it tracks with the stars. So when mm -hmm. you set your camera on it, um, but I never thought about a camera mount to the, like to actually photograph what you're seeing through the telescope. That mm -hmm. I will take that link happily <laughs> because th that all that stuff is like just sit outside and stare at the sky all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We I get actually, a lot of, of uh, light pollution and whenever, uh, you know, the, during some of the meteor showers that I would love to sit outside and see that always happens to be when it's like cloudy and overcast here. And oh, for sure. <laughs> the, the Persids, the last three years, mm -hmm. we've had like a week of just overcast nonsense yep. or every night yep. they say, oh, you might be able to see Northern lights tonight. And, you know, in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. like they'll be viewable down to Madison, like way South of me <clears throat> and it's cloudy or it's a bust. Yeah. There's just, yep. I have no luck with 
yeah. the celestial beings. Here in Maryland, because the summers are so humid. So the summers, uh, I, I've kind of given up on the summertime. But during mm-hmm. the wintertime, if you can stand the cold, um, it we can we actually, I think it's like the Leonids that are later this month or early December. Um, okay. I have had some luck with that because, you know, when it's colder, the, the sky tends yes. to be clearer. Yep. Although not, not the last few days, but... <laughs> Well, my dad's about an hour north of me, and they had two inches of snow last night. Oh, yuck. <laughs> yeah, that's right on the, he's right on the border of Wisconsin and Upper Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he said he woke up this morning and went, what in the hell is, <laughs> is covered the yard? You know, midday the sun had all melted, but mm-hmm. just not not what he wanted to see. Um, right. And yes, I looked up I, because I have a, a map of the United States right up, up here on my wall. So I'm like, oh, okay. Wisconsin, thought, Michigan. Okay, yeah, I, I see that. I was... <laughs> I caught it out of the corner of my eye and I thought you were like, like it was a giant <laughs> eye roll or something, but good, good nope, recovery. That, that's good the back pedal there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's um, when I was married, we lived on a lake. Um, mm-hmm. And in the wintertime, I would get my little Mr. Heater on an LP tank, drag it out to the middle of the lake. And then mm-hmm. at 10, 11 o'clock or whatever, because it's froze, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the heater's not going to melt the lake. I don't have any experience of being out on like a iced over lake. <laughs> it makes you really nervous because it mm-hmm. actually at night is when it's really cold. That's when it actually yeah. makes ice. So you hear mm-hmm. it cracking and grumbling and groaning. Like when you after you eat something and your belly kind of mm-hmm. grumbles, it sounds like that, but like a hundred times as loud. Oh, wow. So it, it freaks you out the first couple of times. But there's. 18 inches of ice. I mean, mm-hmm. we drive our trucks out there. You know, it's, wow. it's sturdy, but it's uh, very cold. And you can see, I mean, just 10 minutes out there without your phone or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. And it's, you can see everything. So I'd set my tripod up and mm-hmm. only have so many long exposures with the digital DSLR because the battery when it's minus 15 or something like that mm-hmm. just doesn't hold out. But minus um, 15. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's my Doesn't record. Get that cold here. <laughs> my record for work actually was uh, I was working for an electrician and we had to hang some lights years ago on the side of uh, like a grain bin. It's Wisconsin, mm-hmm. so there's farms everywhere. And they needed a light way up on top that shines down when the semis unload. And it was windy. And I don't remember the actual air temperature. I want to say it was minus 25, 28, something like that. And we rent, he rented one of the big bucket trucks, like the power company trucks. And he didn't like heights. So I got to put the harness on and go in the truck way up there. And mm-hmm. we were only there for about two hours. And after I got all buckled in, I realized I forgot to put my jacket on. So I thought, I'll just do it real quick. And you're doing these little screws with no gloves on or anything. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being that it was 42 below with the wind. And it was cold. It was very cold. So that, we quit that's at cold. <laughs> we quit at lunchtime and I'm 62 feet in the air in a bucket truck mm-hmm. blowing around in the wind with no gloves and no coat. Um, and then last two years ago in February, February is always the coldest. Um, the fuel line in my diesel truck actually froze up when I was going down the road and it was uh, minus 62 with the wind in the morning. Wow. That's I'm going to stay here in Maryland <laughs> and not complain about how cold it gets here because it's, it's not that cold. <laughs> it's so cold that just February, we always get a snap 15, mm-hmm. 20 days where the actual air temperature doesn't get above zero. Um, wow. And I, I don't like going out and photographing at night in that. Mm-hmm. But 
from zero to 20 degrees is, I mean, that's hoodie weather. <laughs> not, not for those of us who are used well, to the. <laughs> the I was a, a few, the few people that I've done remote recordings with. Uh, I have a tendency to find people. Uh, the one lady was from Atlanta and then uh, a couple in L.A. and one in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, no, I have like I would go to Wisconsin <laughs> and visit in the summer. But yeah. and I didn't tell this story, but I'm just like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's you know, minus 30. That's a OK. You go go get up and go to work. And they were like, we have zero, no. <laughs> zero ambition to get anywhere near minus anything, especially mm -hmm. the lady from San Diego. She's, you know. It's, it was 40 something degrees here. I think she said it was like 81 there. Yeah. It's, isn't it like, yeah, it's like 70 or 80 year round in San Diego. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. And I complain I mean, we, about we it every year. We get seasons here, you know. Yeah. Well, I know I've seen, yeah. you know, just on the news or whatever. You have <laughs> beautiful falls there. I'm sure the leaf changing and all that stuff. And, yep. and winter, you get snow. It just Sometimes. seems this Minnesota, Wisconsin, <laughs> Michigan, we just get mm -hmm. 90 inches of snow in a month and it's minus and it's miserable. Wow. And it, I, I lived here my whole life and I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. As soon as the leaves start turning, it's like, yeah, it's pretty. And then it can just go right back to like May mm -hmm. when the leaves are coming out. I could do without. I don't like snow. I don't do anything in the winter. Yeah. I and just yeah, I, I'm not a winter person either. And it's nowhere near as miserable <laughs> as that sounds. No, no. Yeah. It's well, that's why everyone from around here goes to. Mm -hmm. Cancun or Panama City or mm -hmm. we go to, to Florida on spring break because we need the sun. We've had, mm -hmm. you know, bundled up for four months. It drives a person crazy. Oh, but I'll believe it. Yeah, I believe it. So where where are you going in 10 years, five years? Oh, my gosh. Pop quiz. Back to it. <laughs> The whole show is just a big tangent. So sure. if we end up talking about your favorite kind of pasta, I mean, don't be surprised. It just Oh, I, I love it, all it pasta. Oh, yes. Finally, someone who's <laughs> well, not gluten-free. I live a gluten-full well, lifestyle, and I love it. Yeah, well, I, I try to – I have to you – know, I watch what I eat. But no, it's gluten is not – is one of our things. Actually, my, my older son – so my older son is 11, and he has food allergies. Uh, and see, what gets frustrating with the gluten is we'll go to a restaurant, and we're like, well, do you have an – you know, do you have an allergen menu? He has – and I'll mm -hmm. say he has, like, peanut allergies. And they're like, oh, sure. well, we'll give you the – here's a gluten-free menu. No, that's, that's that's not what I said. That's a different allergy. That's a different. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not our yeah. allergy. All allergies are not gluten mm -hmm. allergies. So no, but I we we yes having I don't have any as far as I know I have no no gluten issues. So I love pasta, but I limit it because you know a lot of calories because I can eat not just a bowl of pasta but a humongous plate of pasta. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love to hear that someone else does that. Yeah. Well, I, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> for, for, you know, caloric intake reasons. But in a couple of years, when I turn 50, the plan is to spend as much of that summer as possible in Italy, since that's uh, where a chunk of my family is from. That's the plan. So that's that's the plan I'm working towards. So your heritage is Italian? Mm -hmm. my, my last name, Mignona, is that side of the family is Italian. Um, came over to the country in the early, very, very early 1900s, like around 1900-ish or so. I, yeah. If you have any hidden stashes of like grandma's 
meatballs or bolognese or anything. No. You can feel free to send all that along with the link so, for the DSLR telescope because well, <laughs> I, I don't. I I wish I did. My my grandmother, my my dad's mother. So she actually wasn't Italian. She was German. But she married into the Italian side of my family when okay. I was um, and she passed when I was about 10 years old. So, this, you know, so I, I was too young mm-hmm. to to ask the questions mm-hmm. that I wish right now, you know, I could ask. Oh, but I remember going to her apartment and she would cook her meatball sauce or her sauce. <sighs> and I remember being so spicy. Like I, at the time, you know, I was like seven, eight, nine years old. I had no yep. tolerance for spices. So I remember lining up <laughs> yep. glasses of water, think not knowing that it was really like milk or something you should be milk. having, but I would line yep. up glasses of water to prep, you know, to prep myself for like eating her like spicy, <laughs> spicy sauce. And she used to cook with like, um, the yellow rubber gloves. She would, <laughs> use, and yes. I asked, like, why are, you know, like I asked my dad, like, why does she wear that? It's because when my, my grandfather was alive and my grandfather passed even, you know, when I was a baby, sure. so I never knew him, but he used to eat these hot peppers like they were candy. And so she Ugh. got used to, you know, in order to cut them and do stuff, uh, she would have to wear those sure. gloves. Yes. And then, so she just got used to wearing the gloves and wore the gloves. That's just what she <laughs> did. That's fantastic. Ugh. Yep. But yeah, I wish I had, you know, she had lived a little longer. I had known to ask, you know, some more questions like, yes, where did this recipe come from? Like, why are you making this? Is some, did someone teach it to you? I I don't know. Oh, for sure. Well, and that's, you, you don't think of that as a kid. No, no. You know what I mean? Until you're on 20, maybe, unless you're a real homebody or, you know what I mean? It's a very close knit (laughs) family and you're Mm -hmm. at grandma's cooking with her when she's babysitting you or something. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just not something you think about as a kid. And I, not until you're an adult, which is uh, a shame. Cause again, a lot of that part of my family, um, you know, I I lost, you know, when I was, uh, when I was too young to appreciate any of that, but we were not, um, my family, I don't think was generally known for their cooking abilities. You know, (laughs) I mean, like there, there are dishes that I remember growing up that were were good dishes, but, uh, you know, people talk about like these astounding feasts and all these wonderful recipes and no, unfortunately I don't really have that. <laughs> I did inherit the appetite. I love to eat. That's <laughs> so I have see, the appetite. <laughs> that's my mother. When I was 18 said, you just wait till that metabolism slows down. You're going to be mm-hmm. 300 pounds. And then yeah. she'd tell me when I was 30 and then she told me when I was 35 and now I'm 40 and I have to eat like six times a day or I'll lose weight. So it's a, it's a curse because oh, it's expensive. See, that whole metabolism thing kicked in when I was like 19 or 20. <laughs> oh, mine. <laughs> and after hasn't... that, somewhere, somewhere between then and when I graduated college, I couldn't, I can't, I mean, I can eat as in if you put a big humongous oh, pile of food from it, I can. But You're yes, able I would, to, I, yes. Yes. But I would, I have to restrict myself. <laughs> oh, well, and that's what I say. It's, it's, it sucks because I got to eat all the time and everybody's like, shut up. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? I'm yep. like, I look at a piece of cheesecake and there's mm. 10 pounds I just gained. I haven't had cheesecake in so long. <laughs> <sighs> you know, that was something that also, according to my my parents, like my, my grandmother, my German grandmother was known for. She apparently made a really good cheesecake. Mm. My mother might actually have that recipe now that, now that I think about cheesecake. it. So yeah. did grandma, German grandma do German stuff? 
Not that I remember. Schnitzels or spatzel or any of that kind of stuff? Nope. Nope. And I didn't even learn about those German foods until I was in college studying German. And that's when (laughs) I learned about those foods. It's like, oh, okay. No, she she married into the Italian family. She converted to Roman Catholicism and and that was her, you know? So I think she abandoned all... (laughs) Left all the the bratwurst and all that Mm -hmm. behind. So where are you, where would you plan to go? Just around Italy? Or is there a certain spot where you see yourself wanting to be? Well, definitely want to go around. But the family um, came from a region not too far from Naples. So I definitely want to go to where my family was from. But yeah, but after that, I want to, I want to hit all the major cities and I want to hit the coast I want to eat all the foods, drink all the wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would Just eat my way it. across Italy. That's... Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'm... So that's not quite five years from now. That's a little less than five years. So in five years, where will I be? I will be looking back on that trip and telling everyone how amazing that trip was. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That's good. And if you can work from afar, mm-hmm. will you? Mm. Are you? Are you just like? I'm done and I'm going for like two years or are you just taking like, Oh no, just for like a month or two, like as, as much of that summer as I can, right. Take off from work. Um, Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I know. I know it needs to be a vacation. I don't want to work. I want to be on vacation. Gotcha. Well, I didn't know if you were moving there, like not for work, but to work or if you were just a summer, I'm retiring and moving to Italy kind of a thing. That'd be cool. But no, no, I'm not that old yet. Not ready I for would, that. Uh, by the time I get there, retirement age is going to be like 87. They keep raising yeah. that damn thing on me. I'll be working until I'm dead. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm kind of, again, at this point in life, I mean, I enjoy what I do because, I mean, I, I work mm-hmm. on satellites. It's cool. And then yeah. the other half of my life, the writing, uh, you know, if I if I could, I probably would just, you know, write all the time, make more books and, and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah. So let's veer to the left and go into mm-hmm. the writing portion of it. I love talking about writing. <laughs> good, good, because I am terrible at it. Mm-hmm. I have all these ideas and I'm like, I could write a book, mm-hmm. but I find that because I take everything in, mm-hmm. movies, music, documentaries, talking to interesting people, listening to interviews, all that stuff, That when I start thinking of like, okay, if I were to like write a screenplay for a movie or a TV show or write a book, all I'm doing is taking a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like none of it is my own. You know what what I mean? And it, yeah, that's what like to to some degree, that is what everyone is doing. I mean, there's, there's, you know, that there, I'm going to say there's a lot of that. You, you, as you start writing, and it really just like anything else, it's a skill that people can learn and you need to practice at. Practice, that. sure. And yeah, I, I feel like after time you find your voice and you find what works and and really, yeah, you are like mushing things that you've thought of. And and yes, it's some of it's gonna come from different things you've seen or experienced or people you've talked to. Um I, I mean that's you, I feel you, like that's kind of normal. You're not gonna write about something you don't know about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? Or, yeah, yes. Whatever. I mean, like and well, like, you know, fictions, particularly science fiction, I mean, you you make stuff up. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't have right. to make sense. It doesn't have to be but, factual. Right. But the I guess what I'm saying is is like, um, so in in this book, you know, there are a lot of 
robots and and they're made up and they're they're mine but anyone who reads it and is going to be like huh this looks like someone took r2d2 wally and like five other robots and mushed them all together and that then that's kind of what it's like so it's it's mine but it's absolutely inspired by every like fun robot you've ever (laughs) seen or read about so how did you did you just like i had a lady on maybe a couple weeks ago and she does poetry and she said it can be rang sing songy it could be read like a hip-hop song it could be read in classical it just kind of comes to her and she likes the rhymey and she just Mm kind of somebody said well you should publish these all in a book but Mm -hmm. she started by journaling a long time ago and just making up these little poems and stories and whatever so did you just sit down and like i'm gonna write a book or how how, nope. <laughs> how did you get started? Like, how would would one get started in something like that? Well, how one would get started is to just sit down and just write and just don't be afraid of what might come out. OK, that, that's right. no matter what you want to write, just just <clears throat> just write because you could always go back trash it, change it, edit it, you know, do, do anything. Oh, sure. uh, a lot of what, what stops people is just that fear of, oh my God, I'm going to write something and it's going to suck. It's like, well, yes, you're going to write something. The first thing you write is probably going to suck. So you have to do it, get it out there <laughs> and, and get over that, that mental like hurdle. Sure. Yes. Um, so in my case, I, for the longest time thought and wanted to write short stories. I hadn't really planned or necessarily wanted to write a novel, mm-hmm. but uh, there's something, and it's actually going on right now. It's called National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. And it's been going on for like 15 or so years. What okay. it is, is it's a, it's a contest against yourself to write a 50,000 word novel in a month. And even though I had no plans to actually write a novel, I've, I had done this for several years. Just It's just a challenge. It's just a personal challenge just to, sure. to do it. And one of the, and so the first novel I did, the first year I did Nano, NaNoWriMo, um, the thing I wrote will never see the light of day. <laughs> it is buried <laughs> on my hard drive and that's where it's going to stay. But in 2012, the thing I wrote, I really liked it, but I put it away. I was working on other things. And eventually a couple of years ago, I came back to it and I was like, you know, I want to really finish this. I want to come back. I want to edit it. I want it to be something. Mm-hmm. And as I did that, it, it completely changed from the original, like the title changed, the main character changed, like so much changed, sure. but all for the, eventually all for the better. Um, and the whole idea at this point with, uh, so the name of the book is crazy, foolish robots, and mm-hmm. it's meant to be the first in a series of four books. And so book two nice. I just sent off to my editor the other day. So it's going to go through editing and revisions for the next like couple months. And because it's now NaNoWriMo again, it's November right now. So mm-hmm. I'm work. I'm using this year's NaNoWriMo to work on the the core of book three in the series. That is, so it blows my mind. <laughs> so it just happened. And I'm, I'm extremely happy for you. And you don't have to get into super detail. Mm-hmm. So you just started doing this, obviously, just typing laptop, just writing, mm-hmm. correct? Like, you know, yep. a word document or whatever. Yep. Um, how did it go from that to uh, I'm I have a published book now? Mm-hmm. Like, did you oh, submit gosh. it to somebody? And no. I'm sure there's 50,000 yeah. steps in between there, but yeah. you had to have done something with it 
an editor didn't be like, hey, look what's on this random laptop and see you mm-hmm. writing. Like, how do you how does one go about even submitting to whoever to get to take that next step, I guess? Sure. Well, so I chose to indie publish this, which means I hired someone to make the cover and I hired an editor myself. Uh, And so indie publishing is the opposite of what we call traditional publishing, where you would submit the book or you submit like a proposal or something Mm -hmm. to either an agent or to a publishing house, depending on who is accepting stuff. Uh, The reason I chose not to do that was, uh, well, a whole whole bunch of reasons. But by doing it as an indie publisher, I retain all the rights to my material and I retain mm-hmm. full control over what happens to it. So several years ago, I had a, a, not a great experience uh, with a traditional publisher and that oh, kind of okay. soured me on that process. Sure. Yep. Um, but so there's, there's like, a, I'd say there, there are like two main things to consider is like one, so you write the book, but there's a lot of massaging, editing, rewriting, revisioning, mm-hmm. letting other people read it, getting feedback, all that till you till you have something that actually might be worthy, it might be well written and all that stuff that, sure. that you're comfortable putting out there. And then there's like, yeah, all those technical steps of how to prepare the manuscript to publish and and you know, all that stuff. So there's like, yep. yeah, two halves to that. <laughs> And I have, um, and so this was, you know, for, for over pretty much the entire, my entire adult life at one point or another, I had taken some writing classes at my local community college. I'm part of a critique group. Um, so this is not something that just like, oh, I wrote a book and I put it out and everything's happy. No, this is like, (laughs) I've written lots of different things. I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback over the years and I've taken Mm. classes, I've read books, I've tried to hone the craft, you know, I've done a thousand things. Well, playing piano, you don't just sit down and play it. You have to practice and you've been obviously practicing your writing for a while. Yeah. And and that's the thing that, that, you know, because again, a lot of people don't start, they have ideas, but they don't start because they're afraid that if it's not good when they first sit down to write, then, then they're done, you know, or then it's not good. And that's, and the thing is, is right. It doesn't, there are few like people in the universe who have that level of ability and genius to, to do that. That's like not Mm -hmm. common. Most people are working at it. Most people are writing, realizing the first thing they write isn't good. And maybe they're throwing it away. Maybe they're, you know, revising it. And, and really, so for the people who really want to write, just write, don't, you got to let go of the fear and Mm. work on the craft. It's simple, but time consuming, (laughs) energy consuming. Well, like you said, it's just practice. Practice makes perfect. And yes, if there's that many steps in it, it's not Mm -hmm. going to be your first draft. I don't mm-hmm. want to say it's going to be crap, but it may be completely different than mm-hmm. your finished product. Yep. So your is one's out, is two out? No, two just went to my editor the other day. So it's going to be a couple months. So two That's is available one. Okay. for pre-order on And three on is Amazon. the one that you're yeah. working. Working on right now. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll uh, throw an Amazon link. Uh, awesome. Just Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's just Amazon right now. Okay. Nice. Yep. Paperback and Kindle. So electronic oh. or paperback, but I just can't Amazon. Read. I can't do that. I. Mm-mm. I wish you could still get the giant mm-hmm. J.C. Penny catalog mm-hmm. we used to get when we were kids. I mm-hmm. hate trying to shop, read anything, other than you know a news <laughs> article online. That's fine, mm-hmm. but a book. 
I, yeah, I, I mm. Oh, Kindle has been a, a, you know, a game changer for me because for the longest time I wasn't reading because, you know, I'm not carrying the book around everywhere I go, mm-hmm. but having my phone with the app everywhere I go, well, I'm some, there's a delay at the doctor's office for 15 minutes. Okay. I will read for 15 minutes and just to always have it there. Uh, that for me was like a massive game changer. And so I feel like I'm actually reading again. So at any given time, I have a book on Kindle that I'm in the middle of, I have an actual hard copy book I'm in the middle of, and then I have an audio book that I'm in the middle of. So I do all of it. <laughs> See, I, I'll have to give it another try. Cause I tried like on my iPad, there's Apple books or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, I don't know if it's a tactile thing for me, mm-hmm. like flipping the pages is a thing <laughs> that, mm-hmm. I, that I enjoy. I, I don't know. I never sure. was a newspaper guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't old enough at the time when they were big. I'd read the comics when my grandpa's got the Sunday paper or something. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I, I have I have some ideas in my head for writing, but just. 19 different hobbies and kids and busy at work and whatever. Yep. It's just an excuse as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> well, but I haven't that's exactly put it. anything down on paper or on mm-hmm. laptop or anything yet. Yeah. I mean, people I ask me should. because again, I have kids, I have a full-time job and you know, all that. And so like, well, mm-hmm. where do you find the time to write? It's like, so I get up early in the morning and I write for an hour before anyone else is up or whatever. And it's just one of those things. If it's something that is that important to you, you can, even with the busy life, <laughs> you, you can oh, find sure. time to do it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. With anything, if people yep. who go to the gym or people who run marathons mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, the, I'm not that person. <laughs> nobody just goes home and sits down all night long and gets up and just goes to work. You, everyone's yeah. busy. And no, yep. I I only run if somebody's chasing me. So that's definitely not me. <laughs> not me. Um, yeah, that's so. I, I again, I have too many things that I want <laughs> want to ask, and I don't even know where to go with it. Do you see yourself <clears throat> once your fourth book is complete? Mm-hmm. Do you have ideas in there? Do oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, I've series got or individuals or what are you what are you thinking? Every, everything, everything. Yes. So idea like ideas has never been my problem. Um, mm-hmm. uh, finishing what I start with when it comes to writing <laughs> has always been a problem. That's me in general um, in life. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. just finishing. Yeah. What but start. like so, last year's NaNoWriMo, because I had I taken a break from from this. Uh, well, because actually the book one was with my editor last November. So mm-hmm. uh, what I wound up doing at the time that was working on a completely different book. So, and that is one, it's completely unrelated to this series. Uh, although there are a lot of robots in it too, like this, this is, but um, it's unrelated, but yeah, I, that one will see, I'm convinced I will dig that one out after this series is done. That one's coming out next. That's fantastic. So you have. A, I don't want to say the name a, of it because the name could completely change between now and no, then. No, 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 that's fine. I just, it, for my own curiosity, like, is it? Oh, that was kind of a hassle with all the stuff, and I just, I don't know if I'd do that again. But you, your eyes light up when you were talking about it. So obviously, it's something <laughs> that you're, you know, it's not your job, and you enjoy mm-hmm. your job. It's a hobby, so to speak, but it's mm-hmm. serving you well, I'm sure. And if you enjoy it, it's oh, not yes. like, you know, it's not math so stick with it you know what i mean it's not there's what what's bad about writing or reading there's it's it's a good nothing habit a good hobby to have mm-hmm. i guess yep oh and if this could be yes if i could sell enough books to replace my my day job income i i no i would miss the day job. i like satellites 
I, I wouldn't quit. <laughs> no, I, I hope you wouldn't because I have dreamed that I did stuff like you were doing or what. No, I've had dreams that I'm doing stuff like most people probably imagine what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you go down to the 33rd level down there to the crashed alien ship and try to reverse engineer <laughs> something that you can take back up. It, that's in my mind what's mm-hmm. going there but um i understand yeah, the day-to-day is a lot more when <clears throat> the day-to-day really is a lot more mundane but you know when we after you know so it takes a couple years to build any satellite and mm-hmm. after that's done and we're launching it and we're operating it so uh that's the to me the that's awesome that's the most exciting part when when you see it all finished really oh i can yeah. imagine is it's it- fun one of the other things that I was going to ask before and forgot about mm-hmm. um, is it something where a telecommunicator, Verizon, wh- whoever mm-hmm. this may be, some something cell phone communications satellite. Let me say that for a client, a customer, mm-hmm. you build it, you get it up there, everything's working. Do you hand it off to their engineering people and hands off, or do you guys still maintain? Like, do you? control mm-hmm. it or you strictly build it to spec get it up there and then it's the customers to deal with after that uh it could be either and we've done okay. both of those uh it is common for for especially for telecommunication satellites it is common for the end customer to operate them it themselves so okay. we'll we'll launch it we'll operate it for like 30 45 night you know some time mm-hmm. to make sure it's all working and then yes we hand we hand it over um that's very common but it doesn't it's all about i mean it's just it's commercial work so it's contracts it's whatever company sure, whatever wants to specify whatever yeah the, yeah so we can do it we can do any and all of that <laughs> oh, i want my own satellite i really do it just just a live feed mm-hmm. like oh, i'm gonna check in on the old man and <laughs> just zoom in and make it happen that's yeah. that's awesome <laughs> That's really fantastic. And I know that it's getting late over by you. <clears throat> and I apologize for it. the time change thing. I hope that didn't no, mess it actually, with you too much. No, it worked out because I with my my <laughs> there was a little snafu in timing. My older son is doing soccer stuff and then I have a toddler. Um, we had a little snafu. His soccer was a little bit later because the whole oh, idea is the soccer was supposed to end. Uh, they were going to come home so my husband could deal with the toddler so I could do this. Well, <laughs> the soccer time got mixed up. It was a little bit later. So um, my my so I put the toddler to bed and luckily he fell asleep <laughs> right before this. And Yay, my, my husband and son got home right at the time that we were starting here. <clears throat> but, um, but yes, <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, it's. Well, now I feel like a giant ass because you hmm. essentially were freaking out and rearranged your whole evening. No, it sounds no, no, like. no, it was no, 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 no. It was no. It really it worked out. It worked out just fine. <laughs> okay, well, if you say so, I'll have to believe yes, you. Yes, the only interesting thing is again. So my my three year old, he he can be a challenge to put to bed. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so either every other night, my husband and I switch off with the and and tonight there is a massive meltdown and battle of wills. <laughs> with him in a way that my, my older son, uh, was never like that. So my my younger son, he's, uh, according to my mother, just like me. (laughs) Well, that's, I've had a few of those three-year-olds myself and believe me, I, I know the feeling. Um, I, I, I'm glad to be past that that point. I'm looking forward when this part is gone and done. (laughs) 
Oh, now, uh, you know, the terrible <laughs> twos, they yeah. say. I, I have a terrible 12 is what I have right now. He's <laughs> basically like a 17-year-old girl. He's just moody and crabby. And, oh, my God. There's a few times where I've, like, <clears throat> had to walk in his room and look at him like, who are you talking to like that? <laughs> That's me. You don't yeah. talk like just this ass just kind of yeah. out of nowhere. And I think he realizes like, ooh, I might have overstepped on that a little bit. <laughs> so my 11-year-old will say some sassy things to me, but he's doing it like deliberately like to be humorous. So oh, sure. we, don't, yes. we don't do it. And the fact that he's like, you know, it's actually, it is kind of, fun. it is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and with him, we didn't, there was no terrible twos or threes with him. So the fact that I'm having, we're having massive terrible twos and threes with the little one, it's just such a, <laughs> it, it, it was not, well, it was not expecting this. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because then maybe you only would have had one. Well, that's true. <laughs> because, and I have said that. If, yes. If yes. the first one was like this, there would yes. not be, a, yeah. No, yes. but the the way I look at it, I mentioned the older one has food allergies. Mm-hmm. The universe gave the life threatening food allergies, but then everything else was good. Where then on sure. two, no food allergies, but we get the everything. <laughs> we get the everything oh, else. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, my boys so, are they're complete yeah. opposite. Nine and twelve. One's tall, almost as tall as mm-hmm. I am. His feet are bigger than I am. He's in seventh grade. He wears the same size jeans as I do. Tall, lanky, blonde hair, blue eye. Mm-hmm. Nick is, I call him my little dump truck. He's nine. He's about a foot and a half shorter than Logan. Brown hair, mm-hmm. brown eyes, short and stocky. Mm-hmm. Like if they were robbers, Logan would be the mastermind and Nick would be the muscle. <laughs> That's just, <laughs> but they're in every, you might not hear Logan speak for two days and Nick won't shut up just trying to make you laugh. Like they're complete. Mm-hmm mentally emotionally physically as opposite as you would get wow. and it's it's yeah. crazy to me because unless my ex-wife didn't tell me something <laughs> they're both <laughs> both ours so i i it's right. just it's fascinating to me how different four years apart same parents mm-hmm. same household same everything and they're completely yeah. opposites yeah it's what's really weird is they tell you that you know the kids will not be the same, but to see it play out mm-hmm. is so it's, it is such a, it's weird to see it play out. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, I was at the store just the other day and there was this mom who looked like she just wanted to walk down the liquor aisle and take a nap. <laughs> and she had one in the cart in the, like where you set them in the shopping cart where mm-hmm. the little seat is. And one of them almost being drugged by the cart. And both of them were at like an 11 out of 10 on the tantrum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just thought, oh, lady, like, I'm not thinking, get those kids out of the store. I'm thinking, you poor thing. I'm so sorry. Because (laughs) I've been there. Everyone's been there who has kids. You've Mm -hmm. been there. Yep. You've been that that person. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I just thought, God, I'm so glad that I'm past that. Mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse than a cart full of groceries and meltdown as you're walking into the checkouts. Yep. What do you do? Just deal yep. with it. Yep. <laughs> okay. So before I don't want to keep you up any longer than I have to here, um, I could go for about another four hours. Just li- literally, you could just read out of like your <laughs> SOP from work and I would just geek out on the whole thing. Cause it's awesome. I actually, I can't get my sleeve up far enough cause my hoodie's too tight. But I have the, where is it? Can I get it on there? 
No. I'm going to try to lean over. I see it. Oh, I see it. I see it. The traditional Mm -hmm. alchemaic and astrology symbols for the solar system. It's incomplete because the tattoo guy's busy, but that's how much I love (laughs) space. So I was super, super, super excited when you scheduled this because I, I don't do it for a living, but I absolutely love it. And I'm happy that you enjoy doing it. And um, I love that other people love it, even if they don't do it for a living. That That's just yeah. wonderful that people love this stuff. Yes. And it's fantastic. One of my kids, both of them will sit out in the stars and Nick will get bored after 20 minutes and go in and Logan <laughs> would sit all night out with me. I mean, any we, we storm chase, we go try to watch the meteor showers, all that stuff. And it's <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, because it's family mm-hmm. time, so your kids like it. But once you know, you see a big one shoot across the sky. We're both like, oh, like I'm a little kid again. Right. Also, it's so much fun. Um, so I guess thank you for building satellites for all of us. <laughs> sure. You're welcome. <laughs> and now also, um, you don't have to go. Obviously, we know that you're super genius making satellites. <laughs> but um, give a little rundown. And again, I'll put links and stuff in the show notes. Um, the book, a little bit about what it's about. And then just obviously people can get it on Amazon. Um, Absolutely. But- Take it away. So Crazy Foolish Robots is book one in the Robot Galaxy series. It features Ruby Palmer. She's a 19-year-old who at first doesn't really like robots or artificial intelligence or anything like that um, until she's kidnapped by an alien robot. (laughs) And all kinds of crazy things ensue. It's meant to be humorous science fiction. It's not necessarily young adult, but it's I call it young adult accessible, meaning there's no adult themes in it. It's for adults. I wrote it for people like me, <laughs> but just sure. it's meant to be fun uh, and humorous. And yeah. And book okay. two is more, Perfect. more, more robots. <laughs> Excellent. And that one is, do you have a date on that yet? Or it just depends so, on how much for the editing and revision stuff. So Amazon, the date on Amazon, people will see next May, but I think that the rate we're okay. going, it'll be before next May. Okay. So Maybe everyone. February. Pause this, go to Amazon, buy the book and the Kindle version. So if you're at the doctor's office and there's a delay, (laughs) you can read the digital version and then leave a great review of the book on Amazon. Yes. Um, Because I'm assuming that helps you guys for Mm -hmm. like when people are looking for stuff, the more reviews or ratings, it pulls you further to the top, the more more that you have. So, yeah, you guys don't be jerks. Leave reviews for stuff. Especially five-star reviews. Yes, those are great. Okay. Well, I super, super, super appreciate you taking time um, in your evening to come and talk to, well, me, and there'll be more than me just listening, but I hope I, I wasn't too much of a dork geeking out over your space stuff. No, this, I, is, this is awesome stuff to talk about. I love I'm it. here because I love to talk about <laughs> about all this. Good, good. So and thank I you apologize. for having me. For my tangents, because that's, I can't, I don't have a one-track mind. I'm just. Oh, that's fine. I'm all over the place. <laughs> okay. Well, I uh, hope to uh, have you on again at some point and we can talk. Sure. I, I'm getting the book and I'm going to read it and then I can delve really deep and see if I can pry any secrets out of book three and four. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, on that note, I'll let you get back to your uh, family and your evening. So thank you very oh, much for joining going me. Going to bed. Evening. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Bedtime me too. for everyone here. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again very much and you guys have a good night. Bye, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye.